Welcome to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. This bi-weekly podcast is created to be a safe space to admit what we truly believe in our hearts. And many of us, when we take the time to truly examine ourselves, will find some sort of shame, fear, or lies hiding in there. And it is never God's will for us to stay in bondage to those. It's His truth that sets us free from them. But there's a huge difference between having biblical knowledge floating around in our heads and actually believing that it's true. Until God's truth makes its way into our hearts, nothing changes. We'll be doing a mix of solo episodes and interviews with friends who have experienced the freedom that comes when head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. We'll also have a time of prayer where you will have a chance to respond to what God is inviting you into at the end of each episode. The truth will set you free so you can walk every day in the freedom God desires for you. It's time to let go of shame, fear, and lies. Those aren't yours to carry. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. I'm bringing a guest. Her name is Bonnie. I'm going to let her introduce herself. So Bonnie, tell us about who you are as a person who you are, what you do, what you like, anything like that. And also make sure to include a fun fact at the end. Okay. Yeah. So my name is Bonnie Pugh and I am, I'm like, I feel like I should give my age. Maybe that's not what adults do. Why not? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> um, I'm going to be 38 this summer. That's so awesome. uh, I'm a I'm a mother of six boys. And so that's maybe that right there could be a fun fact because that one sometimes will shock people when I say that information um but that's so that's what I what I'm doing with a lot of my time is mothering I live on the west coast of BC not right by the ocean about an hour from Vancouver uh in the in the the hills of the Fraser Valley and speaking of that I love to hike and get out in nature I've just started just picked up a new hobby of trying to do nature journaling uh in my spare time but yeah, I'm a, I'm a homeschool mom and I, yeah, love good food, love Mexican mm-hmm. food. And uh, yeah, we, we have a pretty, pretty fun time. So, and then, okay, as a fun fact, I um this is very random, but when I was a, when I was a teenager, I don't know if you, anybody listening would remember the old, the, the Mac computers that kind of look like colorful bubbles. Do you remember those? Did you I ever do. see those? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it had this capability. So I had one and they had this capability where you could type in any word or any like combination of letters and the computer would speak it to you like it's an old fashioned Siri voice. Oh, okay. So I, I don't know why, but I just thought to myself, I wonder what the alphabet sounds like from start to finish as one word, like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, E. Mm-hmm. So I typed it in there. So whenever I would like, uh, the, it would be like any time there was the prompt of like closing an application or anything like that, my computer would speak that word to me. So I know how to say the alphabet as one word. <laughs> and so I'm like, I feel like I should prove it. So in case you're wondering, it's, yes, go ahead. Yes. it's abdeflage clunobers tavuxis. Oh my word. That's how you say that's how you say the alphabet. Like, so that's pretty... I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So 
that's like phenomenal also um you and your husband have a podcast could you tell us a little bit about what that is like yeah absolutely it's one of our one of our favorite things to do um so we have a ministry called the union movement and we are all about helping people find wholeness in the areas of sexuality and identity and relationships we want to do that with a gospel-centered and a holistic approach uh, where we are not just, you know, spouting a list of rules of what we can and cannot do and debating things with people, but rather that we have a redemptive focus about how Jesus knows how to take the most uh, broken parts of our heart, of our lives, and Mm -hmm. redeem it and bring healing to us and in a way, you know, give us back the the life that we dreamed of when we were young. So, um, so our podcast is called the Union Podcast, um, and we interview guests who are maybe experts in different areas of in the field. You know, so maybe someone who has spent a lot of time working with people getting free from uh, porn addiction, or those who even come out of the porn industry and found life in Christ. We hear, you know, share their testimony or. We talk to professors who are, um, you know, really strong in theology around covenant. So we talk about, you know, people whose marriages almost fell apart. And, you know, so just a wide variety of topics and and guests. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's really, that's a really fun part of what we do. So we also have, you know, have some online resources and also travel and go and speak at churches and provide even training for, for leaders who are wanting to become more mm-hmm. efficient and effective in communicating with their people, building up a community of faith that has sexual integrity that can last. So mm-hmm. that's the, yeah, that's another one of our passions in our life. That's phenomenal. I, I even listened to one of the episodes you guys made and it was with Christopher Yuan. Oh yeah. And yeah. that I, it was great. I loved that episode. Yeah, he is, he is honestly a really, yeah, it felt like a gift, an honor to have him on the podcast for sure. He's a wealth of wisdom. So Bonnie, what have you been set free from? Yeah, I think, you know, particularly in these areas of, of sexuality and identity, uh, I never, I mean, I sometimes joke and say, you know, I was the homeschool, I was the homeschool church kid. You know, I was, my parents were open and honest with us. We'd have lots of conversation around matters of sexuality. Um, but I did keep a level of innocence throughout my, throughout my teen years. And, um, as far as like what I participated in, but it's interesting when it comes to these topics of, of sex, it's interesting how simply ideologies and philosophies come in like a seed and they start in, in thought form a lot, I think a lot of people, when they hear that, you know, we have a ministry to help people with sexuality, they're like, oh, like, I'm not addicted to porn or I never, you know, nobody ever abused me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if that's the case, you know, praise the Lord. That's wonderful. Uh, but what we have found is that a lot of these behaviors actually, of course, they stem from ideas. And so when you ask me, like, what have you been set free from? Uh, I, I'm like, man, there are some philosophies that had crept in even at a young age no I was um, a homeschool church kid um, and one of those ideologies was that as a female so I mean I'm talking this is me when I'm 16 
as a Mm -hmm. female, I had to kind of like play a game and be, um, I didn't, I don't think I, I don't think I really knew how to flirt, but I felt pressure to know. I felt Mm -hmm. pressure to, to be like kind of this thought, if you don't want to be alone, Bonnie, if you want to get a guy's attention, you're going to have to use yourself as bait. And I, and I thought, well, I don't really know how to do that, but I don't want to be alone. And so there was like this, almost like taking this one element of who I am, the sexual aspect of who I am and feeling this pressure to push that to the front and let that be like the marketing part of my personhood. Uh And so um, when it was actually a guest speaker came to a church, the church where I was attending and he I remember him preaching and just saying like, young women, you need to know that you can be, you're free to be a daughter, a sister, one day a mother and a friend. Like you are free to be that. And you only have to be like a woman in, in this tone. Like, you know, I think you know what I mean by that. Like you only have to be, a, get to be, have to be a woman to one man who has committed himself in covenant to you, to all others you, you don't have to access that sexual part of who you are. Mm. And that, I would say that was like the first transformative message that brought freedom in my life. And, and it released me to become, to be friends with guys mm-hmm. and not add this tension or, or feel like I needed to cultivate this image. Mm. Uh, and that brought me a lot of freedom. I would suspect unless someone has already weeded that out maybe it was just because I was very young but unless you've already weeded that out you probably are facing that pressure even subconsciously just because we live in such a pornographic culture that objectifies women and 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 when I say pornographic I don't just mean like x-rated content on websites I mean um, the magazines and the checkout line and um, entertainment and um, conversation and jokes like it all just kind of pushes women into a sexualized identity mm-hmm. so yeah I like how you worded that of um it set you free to be friends with guys because mm-hmm. even the person that you do marry someday you do want to be friends first yeah so I really like how you put that of it takes a lot of pressure off that's beautiful mm-hmm. yeah and, and it's interesting because my husband his story is um you know, through high school, he would say, like, he was like, I was a sinner and I was good at it. <laughs> he was <laughs> not, he was not seeking the Lord. He said, the Lord found me. And, but, you know, so prior to coming to Christ, then he, he's, he's openly talks about it, just that he's, he was living the life that the world told him would make him happy. And so, you know, uh, he said, like, I'd manipulate girls to get what I wanted. I would, you know, see them as a conquest of who can I, like, who can I get to date me and get from, what can I get from them? Um, and so I met him when he first did start coming to church and started kind of discovering his, discovering faith. And, and, and he said he was immediately attracted to me. And I said, why didn't, why didn't you like try those old tricks on me? And he just said, I just had a feeling it wouldn't work. <laughs> and I think, and I think that when, as women, we will 
walk in that, like, I am not a sexualized person at all times. When we walk in that, I, I have found that men treat us with more respect, like in the sense that they have a sense it's not going to work. I don't think I can play that game on them. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, it does shift the atmosphere, what a woman will do with her, mm-hmm. with her sexuality. Yeah. Wow. And I love how in your podcast, you cover just so many different types of, of brokenness and how mm-hmm. we view gender and sexuality. So I'd love it if we take the ball rolling and mm-hmm. you would just define what gender dysphoria is for us and then also define what it is not. Yeah, that's a great question. We use that, that word gender dysphoria. It's actually um, in probably in circles of the secular circles. It's probably not a very popular term anymore. Um, but it's still a valid psychological, like it's still a valid psychological definition. So it has to do when somebody, so I am born female and, and the, the term now would be like cisgender, like what you, like your genitalia looks like feminine, female. But if somebody says, I feel like I was born in the wrong body, or I feel like my gender doesn't fit me then that doesn't necessarily mean that that's gender dysphoria. The the term gender dysphoria means when you feel distressed about that incongruency. Mm -hmm. So, so the person who's like, I was born as a female. I think I'm actually a male and I love it. That wouldn't technically be gender dysphoria. Mm -hmm. But if there's somebody who I was born as a female, I wish I was a male. That's distressing to me. Then that would be, be gender dysphoria. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, that clarifies it. Um, I'm so curious about your answer to this next question, but in such an issue as gender dysphoria, it sounds like strong cultural gender stereotypes that we have in the U.S. and in Canada and North America in general. Yeah. I'm just probably all over the world, mm-hmm. but um, it sounds like strong cultural gender stereotypes would affect that issue negatively how do they affect that issue at all yeah I I see that as a really significant piece to it and I think that um well I think that God has given us some some boundaries for our gender for our sexual identity um and then I think as humans we have slapped a whole whole load more on to people and that has created trouble and so maybe I'll even share from my own, this could be another thing that I was set free from. Again, thoughts that start, isn't it? They're the seeds that start us on a road unless the Lord intercepts or truth intercepts us. So I was the type of girl that did not, like I, I have an early memory. I was probably four years old and my sister and I went over to a friend's house and my sister was best friends with the girl. They were about six years old. And then this friend had an older brother who's maybe eight or nine years old. And I vividly remember them playing Barbies, but I knew that Brandon down the hall was playing Lego and I wanted to go play Lego instead. And so I remember sitting on the, on the floor with Brandon silently building Lego with this guy. Mm-hmm. And I remember my sister and her friend teasing me about it. And I'm not villainizing my sister or 
her friend at all. It didn't, I don't think it wounded me at all. It only just kind of started that maybe this thought inside of me, like I may be different than other girls. Now that being said, I totally did play Barbies later on mm-hmm. um, in my life with my older sister. Um, but I just tended to be the girl that would, I wanted to be outside. I wanted to play with animals. I didn't mind getting dirty. I wanted to have Hence a short. Your, your nature journaling right now. Yeah, that's right. Like it, exactly. it, it, it develops into something when you're older, it matures. I wanted a short haircut so that I didn't have to fuss about my hair. I didn't want to wear dresses. Like I was kind of that girl. Um, and I remember, you know, with a, with a, a cousin just being like, yeah, we're tomboys. Like that's who we are. Mm-hmm. And, and my, um, you know, even one time my, my dad who meant it as a blessing over me said, cause I have two sisters. I was outside. Um, it was, do you want to help your mom in the kitchen or do you want to help me build the shed? And I'm like, help you build a shed. And my dad said to me, like, you know, I always thought it would be so cool to have a son, but it's been really special that I've been able to share these parts of my life with you. Like, I'm, I'm glad to have you as my daughter. Something inside of me went, but maybe it would have been better if I was a boy. Hmm. So it's interesting how I can look back on my life and see all these like little moments and little feelings of maybe I'm not as good of a, of a female as the others around me. And I go, if I had 20 to 30 years later, how different my experience as a child would feel. I think that if I were to, you know, be in a, in a school system and hear the messaging and not have uh, parents to help me filter through all that, I think I for sure would have been susceptible to some of the um, gender ideology going on right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that concerns me. And it, and it makes me see that it is a lot of like not biblically based stereotypes that can put pressure on young people, make them feel like there's something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, that was me giving a big example, but I think is that, did that feel clear enough in answering the question of like, how do these stereotypes? Yeah, I, I think so. And also I feel like the Bible gives us a lot of room for what masculine is and what feminine is because David, he like wrote poetry and music and danced in his underwear before the (laughs) war. (laughs) Yeah. And, and that was in his, his masculine body. Yes. And then also we have Deborah who was a warrior and judge and was a great leader. And that was Mm -hmm. in her body and I feel like the Bible's very broad and no no person thinks well because I'm interested in these activities that means that I should have been born in a different body yeah totally and I think it's just amazing like I know um quite a few men who love the arts love to dance love to be um singing music and all these things and To me, I think to myself about those men, I think like, that's so amazing. That's Mm -hmm. beautiful. Like they're Mm -hmm. just confidently showing their talents and gifts and using them to honor the Lord. And I really wish that everyone could be confident in knowing that the gifts and talents God has given them were designed to be in their God-given bodies as well. Yeah, I love that. And I think that 
uh, you know, with, within the church, we can per- perpetuate this issue. I think of men, how many men's conferences where it's like, yes. let's do a manly conference, which in their <laughs> head is like axe throwing and yes, axe barbecuing, throwing. <laughs> you know, and, and, and those things, it's like, yeah, those things, those, those things can't define masculinity because what do you do? And th- this was an eye-opening kind of moment for me. My brother-in-law's grandfather, it was his like 97th or 98th birthday. He did end up living past 100. Um, it, and I saw him uh, sitting, like, so we're an outside birthday party. And I saw him like shuffling to get to his lawn chair. And his daughter then, you know, my, my brother-in-law's mom, like helps him sit down and he can't hear very well and he can't see very well. And, and then the grandchildren and great grandchildren come near and he always has like a little candy to give them. And I remember thinking if masculinity is defined by these tasks or hobbies or muscles or image or power, like then what about the old man? Is he not a man anymore? And how, then how, um, difficult that must be for men to age Mm -hmm. but if masculinity is more about the the presence that you care like that you just carry and cultivate where women and children and young men around you feel safe not because you're going to like be able to physically you know fight something off but because Mm -hmm. you are present in your strength I'm like that has got to be what masculine what masculinity is more about and, and even like Jesus, he was the truest man that ever lived, right? He walked in, in just such complete wholeness. Did he eat bacon? Actually, absolutely not. Did he do <laughs> axe throwing? No, likely not, right? And, but it's not to say that I do think that in some ways we, um, we forget to tell men that their strength is needed, whether they are an interior designer or a farmer, right? Like you, there is strength in you that this world needs, your community needs you to raise your voice. You to, when you see something is wrong, you, you have the authority to do something about it. I think that is a message we need to be telling our sons. And from being a mother of six boys, I see how innate it is within them, every last one of them, to be a hero. Like there is something in them that says, I want to I guess in a way it's followed in the footsteps of Jesus, the ultimate man and sacrifice for someone else. Mm-hmm. I want to give my life for someone. Wow. So um, yeah, I guess we went full circle on that, but yeah. And then <laughs> in the same way, you know, femininity, it's, it has to be more than just being a pretty face. Mm-hmm. And yet there is a God given being for to every woman that we you know we want to cultivate but it's like not let's not just be outside pretty let's let's cultivate right beauty within as well which is like there's there's a unique feminine strength right so yeah yeah i remember uh i think this was around new year's this was incredible so amazing that i wrote it down oh nice (laughs) but um i asked my husband i said how would you you know define biblical manhood I'm just really curious and he just like sits there for a second and thinks and he goes well the opposite of it is saying I can do this all on my own interesting 
Joseph, that is beautiful. (laughs) But he was saying like, true manhood is to rely on God and then invite others in that what uh, North American masculinity has made itself out to be is I can do this all on my own. Right. Anyone's help. And it's, it's ultimately pride. And I was just blown away by that. That's really good. So Bonnie, how can we be countercultural and not enforce stereotypes like that if they're ultimately harmful? Yeah. I mean, I think it has to start in our front yard, you know, in our homes, in our families, and then even within our friend groups, like, and then it moves out from there. I think if we, yeah, if we, so I think it has to do with not tolerating the jokes or the, or if some people are serious about it of like, well, men shouldn't cry or women are just so emotional or, you know, like kind of, that's funny that I picked on that one um, when it's like, well, psychologically speaking, male and female are equally emotional. It's just that often because of the interconnectedness between the two sides of the brain, hemispheres of the brain, women are able to express their emotions more quickly. So that's very different than women are emotional and men aren't. So that's just one example, but those things come up in conversation. And I think as we learn more about what true femininity and true masculinity is and what are the bounds that God puts on us and then kind of like rejecting the ones that the world tries to put on us, as we do that, it should start to inform the way that we parent and then the way we're interacting with friends. Uh, You know, and something that even when I was just kind of, I would say like really learning how to surrender to, to God as a 19 year old, something I felt the Holy Spirit was strong with, with me in was don't laugh if you don't think it's funny, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like a form of honesty. Yeah. Um, but you just feel this like, just follow. If someone makes a joke around gender or around, you know, husbands and wives or around boys and girls and, and it's not true and it's, and you don't think it's funny, be real about that. Just don't laugh. You don't even have to have like a long paragraph or a big, you know, speech about why you don't think it's funny. Mm-hmm. But just like in those small choices. I mean, and there's people who are, you know, people who are writers, people who are movie makers, people who are, um, you know, leaders over communities of faith. It's like you have a greater place, like another layer of influence and in where you can mm-hmm. start to communicate these themes. I think address it head on when you can. And truth sets us free and not just us, but also the people that we love. So, I mean, my, when my one son, when he was four, probably till he was six or seven, what's your favorite color? It's pink. His favorite color is pink. And I was like, I would tell people, don't tell him that's a girl color. Like, don't like, let him love it as long as he wants, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So it's, I think it's some of those little things that we, um, yeah, we just honor, honor our kids and their personalities. That's like a, you know, a parenting piece as well. Yeah. I love that. And if someone listening struggles with feeling this worry of, am I not feminine enough? Or does my mm-hmm. femininity look like this? Does it look right? 
or if that's a worry that they're having, how would you encourage them if they struggle with that? Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously from my own experience, then I, I can look back of like, how did I start to embrace kind of that more traditionally feminine space? And I think it was when I, well, actually, you know what? There was a really key moment. Um, again, in my late teens, I was in a time of worship. And I think I was wrestling with um, with this specifically. And I felt like um, the Lord whispered to my heart, I made you a girl on purpose. Mm. And, and kind of to realize that the way I was, wasn't a mistake, right? Like you're saying, you know, here's David, he's a warrior and he's, and he's a musician who weeps and expresses his emotion and, and has a guy friend, has guy friends and mm-hmm. right. Like um, that, that wasn't a mistake that those, that this unique combination of what I love and how I am and my competitive side, like that, that's not, not a mistake. So when I realized that, Um, It helped me embrace who I was in my personality and my giftings. But then I think it also freed me up to lean into, like, I think I was almost rejecting some of the more traditionally feminine parts because I was thinking it represented weakness. Mm. So I would be like, I don't like pink because I've seen the, like, I don't know how to explain it, just like, the like, I just want to go to the shopping mall. Like I'd seen that persona and it's like, women are allowed to like shopping, but I'd seen it, the extreme stereotype. And so I was rejecting this, the things that looked like weakness to me instead of being able to relax a little bit and go, okay, I know who I am. I know that I'm made a woman on purpose. So then it released me to embrace the other parts of femininity that I had yeah, that I had been rejected. So how do you lean, how do you lean into it? Well, here, I mean, here's another piece. I think a lot of women go, women who are rejecting, I would say it often, I, I see it. They're rejecting the, the beautiful part of the femininity. They're kind of going like, I'm just going to have, I just want to wear like boxy clothes. I don't want to wear makeup. I don't want to do my hair. Like, I'm just going to, I don't know what I see is sometimes a sense of even if I tried, I wouldn't be beautiful is mm. I think sometimes the fear that pushes it. Mm. Um, and I'm sorry that that I, that has likely come because of some words and some wounding from probably key people in your life that made you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Some people, some women go, I'm not going to lean into those things because other people will then notice me and mock me for my efforts. They might talk about me behind my back. I've mm-hmm. counseled people where that's the case. And then there's others where women are rejecting their feminine persona or uh, appearance because it, it actually, they know that it will set a target on their back in this hypersexualized culture. Mm. So I think some girls are almost going are almost trying to camouflage themselves. Um, Statistically speaking in Canada, simply to be a female increases your chances of like assault and sexual assault um, exponentially. 
to be female is dangerous right now. And I think women are camouflaging themselves because they intuitively know it. They know that they'll get unwanted, um, even perverted attention if they, yeah, if they, if the world knows that they're female. So, uh, I mean, that's a lot, there's a lot of things there where I go, okay, so how do we shift the culture and shift the atmosphere so women can feel safe again, not feel like they're going to be objectified or assaulted, um, simply because they have a female body. Um, I think in some of that, that's where it's like men rise up. Like we need you, we need you to set the tone. I think just psychologically men are more prone to, to fight and women are more prone to freeze and to flight. And so as women, I mean, the new Testament says I'm going on so many tangents here. The new Testament talks about helping women, not be weak will helping them not, um, be those who would be taken advantage of. And so I think as women, we need to grow in our confidence and self-respect that we can, um, resist darkness that comes at us uh, but then also the men around us need to be able to to recognize when we feel unsafe mm-hmm. and don't know how to ask for help so that's where the role of fathers and mothers I think mm-hmm. it really like we need to start thinking like a family and protect those who who are around us mm-hmm. so what I also hear you saying in that is to let God affirm you in the body that you're in yeah because he's the one who made it in the first mm-hmm. place. Yeah. And he gets naming rights. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I love that. And I, I also think back to when um, when my husband and I first got engaged. I remember feeling like this knot in my stomach whenever we start to plan a wedding. Mm. And I like just, I just did not like the planning. And I, I realized that... I, felt so much pressure to be the planner Mm. but the thing is I really hate event planning (laughs) and specifically for a lot of people or at least like more than a few you know yeah so once I release that pressure of like Jenny it's it's okay I know that a lot of your female friends are the ones who enjoy wedding planning and the ones who enjoy planning big events but you're not like that and that's okay. Yeah. There's no issue with that. And then once I just released that, I was able to enjoy the process so much more. And then my husband loves event planning and he was able to, to do most of it and enjoy the process too. So I just feel like that's an example of releasing pressure. Like it really doesn't matter Yeah. if, if I'm the only female I know who doesn't like wedding planning, which I'm not, but one of the few. Right. Yeah, that's so it does. Isn't that interesting how it does come up in so many of our just like everyday interactions as we discover Mm -hmm. who we are. And and yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. What are some practical ways you would say that if someone knows someone else who is struggling with the body that they were placed in, Mm -hmm. what's some practical ways to just love them? Yeah, that's so good. Um, and this is such a man, there's such a wide range in the, you know, struggling with the body that they are placed in. We have those who, you know, maybe people who were like me, where it's not manifesting in the way I dress yet, or the way that I, you know, that I, I didn't want to change my name. I didn't want to 
change my pronouns, right? So there's, it's just like, it's just in the seed thought. It's just insecurity. It's in the mm-hmm. uncertainty. And then we have, you know, all the way to where you have, you have friends or family members or, or coworkers where it's like they're, they're fully rejecting um, their God, like their God assigned gender. And so I would say there's probably different advice for, for where somebody is at. But I think what's really important is that we, um, we don't, we can't see people or treat people as though this one issue is the entirety of their personhood. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what I mean by that is, um, you know, if there's, you know, a guy that you're, you're working with and he's letting his hair grow long and he's wearing nail polish, it's like, they need to know, he needs to know that he is loved for who he is and not just seen as a project or seen as like a, well, if I could just get you to cut your hair and stop wearing nail polish, that would be the goal. You know, no, that's not the goal. The goal is for you to, um, like to walk in the fullness of what God has for you and your purpose and in your identity. So building the bridge of relationship, getting to know who they really are and blessing Mm -hmm. everything possible that you can, you know, uh, encouraging, like I would say, yeah, encouragement, even gifts, just like shout, like pour the love of the father onto, onto anyone who is just feeling insecure or feeling, um, a disconnect. And if their hearts are open to it, if they're, you know, engaging in conversation, then that language, like what the Lord whispered to me of like, I'm like, I made you a girl on purpose, or I made you a boy on purpose, like to be able to say there is purpose and it might be difficult right now. And it might even be heavy to be a man or to be a woman, but God will, he'll strengthen you and he'll lift you up. He'll bring you to freedom in that, right? Like you can, if their hearts are open to it, you can speak that, um, that boldly, that bluntly to them. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, there's such a wide range of people, though there are those who are like, well, I don't even believe in God, you know? So then you just got to, yeah, the, I think you're going to need the, the spirit of God to give you guidance on how, how to deal with that individual situation. But, you know, bless mm-hmm. them as much as you can. Shower them with gifts. Shower them with encouragement. Don't see them as just a project or an issue that needs to be fixed. But see them as a, as a whole person, the way the Lord does. The Lord can look. He looks to the heart, right? It says man looks on the outward, but God looks to the heart. I think that's really key. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Bonnie, thank you for sharing your personal experience with us. And thank you for sharing everything you've learned over the past years of doing this work. Absolutely. It's an honor. Honor to be here and to share with you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Head to Heart Podcast. It's a joy to record them and a joy to have you listen. Since you're a dedicated listener and made it to the very end of the episode, I have two gifts for you. One is that I have a free resource linked in the show notes for you. It's a resource created to help you take the truth you've learned either in this episode or in a previous one and apply it to your life. The second gift I have for you is access to my seasonal playlists. Every season, summer, fall, winter, spring, I create a regular playlist and a worship playlist that will be ongoing throughout the season. And you'll be able to follow it on Spotify if you need some good boogie tunes. 
because let's be honest, in another life, I would have been a DJ. So you now have full access to meet all your seasonal music needs in the show notes. As always, I love hearing from you. So follow me on Instagram and send me a DM of how this episode impacted you. The handle is head to heart underscore podcast. And if you would be so kind, leave a five-star rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the website. By doing this, you'll help me get more amazing guests on the show in the future. I'll be releasing new episodes to you every other Friday, so stay tuned and thanks for joining us.